I want to welcome you back to Dream Chasers Radio. I am Yaya Diamond, your host, and we're having such a wonderful time this week with authors and musicians and all kinds of different people that are sharing their stories with you. 2020 is an amazing year for all of us. If you just go for it, even 2019 was amazing for some of us. I want this year to be just as good. And that's why we're bringing on people to inspire you, to give you their stories, and to show you that it can be done. You're listening to us on iTunes, iHeart, Google Play, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify. Uh, I mean, just, you know, a lot of places, so I'm just saying. And also, we air Monday through Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and also on RealRadio247.com. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. Today, we have author Pat Jamison on the show. Welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Thank you. I am so happy to have you here today. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Okay, so I have a few questions for you. All right? I do. Because, like, Jennifer Country, okay, was that your first effort in writing? Because I know, you know, and, and, and what's the book about? Well, uh, actually, uh, Juniper Country was the second book I've written. Hmm. Uh, I've got four, four books published right now, and Juniper Country was my second effort. Okay. And so it, uh, I would say it's, uh, it's a little better than my first book, because once you write a book, you learn things about what you did right and what, what you did wrong. So yeah. I think Juniper Country, as my second book, was a pretty good effort. Okay. Uh, and the book, essentially in a nutshell, it's about three families uh, who settle a remote part of the country. It's the high desert country of the northern Great Basin in the western United States. Mm-hmm. And it's about these three families who were quite different and yet settle the area interact with each other over two generations of uh, their uh, sons and daughters. Okay. Wow. Okay, so um, what else have you written? Because you said you wrote something, and this is your second? That's correct. Uh, I have written, uh, I've had four books that are published, and they're all, uh, they all deal with this topic. Uh, 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 they're placed in the same part of the country, and they're about life in uh, a remote ranching community and small town in the northern part of the Great Basin in the high desert country of the west, where uh, early settlers migrated to to raise cattle in a land that was unsettled, very remote, and unknown to almost everybody in the country except for native Indian tribe. So I've written, uh, my first book was called Juniper Country, or excuse me, it was called uh, The Juniper Story. Okay. Uh, my second book is, is this one that we're talking about now, Juniper Country. My okay. third book was called Juniper Town, and my fourth book was called Return to Juniper. And they all take place in this part of the country uh, at However, they they take place at different times and in the development of this land. Okay. All right. Wow. And so wait. Okay. So you chose a time period then. So okay. Yeah. So so eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. Right. Uh, 
the reason why uh, Juniper Country deals with uh, this period, 1872 to 1943, okay. is that's when, when this part of the country was first settled. So it was very remote. There were no railroads there. Uh, and uh, this book, uh, it's based upon the actual settlement of the Northern Great Basin. So I picked 1872 as the starting point because that's when the land was first settled by mm -hmm. uh, cattlemen that migrated up there from California. And it ends in 1943 uh, with the life of, of the main character. So it's, it's a, uh, it's kind of a historical fiction even though it is primarily a work of fiction. So it's not based on fact? Because it, it sounds it like is, it is. Uh, it's, it's based on fact uh, in, the, uh, 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 in the fact that um, it mirrors the, the actual settlement of uh, part of the country. Okay. So it's, uh, it's historically accurate as far as the time frame, mm. how the land was settled, you know, what the geography was like, uh, what the settlers were like so it's it's based on facts in that sense okay but it is still a fictional work gotcha okay and so where is exactly in the story located you know what is the story setting okay it's, it's actually located in uh what is today southeastern oregon mm. and that is the uh in the northern edge of the great basin you know which runs from say uh, northern Arizona up to uh, southeastern Oregon. Um, but I never, in the book, I never mentioned the word Oregon or southeastern Oregon. Uh, but uh, anybody who ever lived there would, would understand and recognize uh, what part of the country it is. And the reason why I never mentioned southeastern Oregon is because I, I wanted the reader to understand clearly that this is a work of fiction. Right. And even though it is historically accurate in many ways, it is a fictional work, and the characters are fictional. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. And so, what is your 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 reason behind choosing this sec this setting? And you know, high desert country in North Great the Great Basin. I mean, why why yeah. not there? Well, uh, I get it for two reasons. One, uh, I was born in that region. Okay. <laughs> so that's first. And the, uh, the other reason is I wanted to educate the reader about this part of the country. Uh, you know, this is, you know, uh, if you read about adventure stories uh, in the United States, for example, you often read about, you know, Texas and the Great Plains and California. But this part of the country is an area that's very remote, even to this day, mm -hmm. had a very interesting history of settlement. Uh, was a very rugged and wide open and large area. And I wanted the reader to get a real picture on what life was like at the time I wrote this book and how it continues to be to this day. Right. Wow. Wow. So, okay, wait, wait. I have to ask you. You said you were born here. So what's your family background? Well, um, my, my dad, my father's parents, were pioneers to this part of the country. And uh, so that would be Southeastern Oregon. They were pioneers who 
who settled there in the 1880s. Uh, you know, they were uh, uh, across the plains and wagons, you know, mm-hmm. and they were early settlers in this part of the country. My mother's parents were immigrants from Ireland, and they eventually settled in this same part of the country mm-hmm. to raise sheep. So my dad's family were cattlemen, and my mother's family were, were sheepmen, but they both settled in this part of the country. Mm. Mm. No, okay. I know. I okay. I I left my hometown when I was very young. But were you raised in the high desert on a ranch? I well, mean, there. I was, I was born there. Oh, okay. Uh, but when I was uh, when I was uh, and we had a ranch there. Okay. And my dad and his dad owned the ranch. Uh, but when I was a when I was just a boy, we moved across the state to Portland. But I continued to spend a lot of time. In Eastern Oregon, in this in this uh, Juniper Country uh, area, uh, because I still had a lot of family over there, and I spent summer summers there up until the time I was eighteen, and so I did ranch work, uh, you mm. know, buckarooing, working in the hay fields, uh, a good part of the time. So I've always had very close connection to it. Right. So, did you base your story on your own personal experiences while you were there? Well, you know. I think everybody who writes a book or who writes a novel, you know, they write about what they know and what they've been through to a degree. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, this book, this book does contain uh, uh, incidents which I personally experienced, but uh, they are used primarily, you know, just as influencers to the story. So, uh, I wouldn't say that any of the of the plots or the story ideas in these books necessarily follow things that I went through or experienced, but they're based to an extent certainly on, on what I have done uh, and lived in that part of the country. Okay, all right. And so now you live where? You live in, I think, I, I think you said you live in Boise? Or, or... That's correct. Okay. Uh, yeah, I live in Boise now, uh, which is... Um, uh, not far uh, from Eastern Oregon, you know. It's uh, it's only you know it's a little over a hundred miles to get there, so it's close. So I still keep in close touch with oh. the Juniper Country area because I, I still have uh, two cousins in the ranching business there, and so sometimes I still go over and give them a hand. Uh, but yeah, I maintain uh, close ties with that part of the country, living in Boise. Well, now, okay, so you said that sometimes when people write, they base it on their own experiences. So are any of the characters in your book your family members or people you know? Well, you know, uh, there was a writer, uh, Thomas Wolfe, who wrote fiction. It was his uh, theory that everybody who writes fiction is writing biography or autobiography. Now, I wouldn't go that far. No. But uh, uh, certainly uh, much of what I've written is based on things that I've done and things that I know. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the characters, uh, I haven't based any of my characters on family members or any individual per se. You know, I would say that my characters are, I think, you know, with a lot of writers, uh, they're a conglomeration of different people I've known to form new 
fictional characters. Mm. So uh, my stories aren't based on anybody in my family. Although, if a reader were to were to comment to me and say, you know, I know who that person's supposed to be. I can tell it's written all over them. If they want to think that, that's fine. That's their privilege as the reader. Mm. And if they enjoy it that way, more power to them. I hear you. I hear you. So, okay, so Everett Kane wasn't, like, based on anybody? No, he wasn't. Everett Kane is the main character in Juniper Country. Uh-huh. But he, he, is, he is a fictional character. Uh, he is the kind of individual that could have been real. Okay. Because he possessed a lot of the characteristics and traits that it took to settle that part of the country. But he's not based on anyone either. He is a totally... A fictional character, and actually, when I when I conjured up the image of Everett Kane in my mind, uh, Spencer Tracy always came uh, uh, came to my mind as the way I pictured him. But but he's not based on anyone either. Uh, he's strictly fictional. Okay, okay. Now you have a certain type of people that are very unique in this story, and I I'm very bad with names, so I'm gonna try as Amron. Yes, Amaranth. Um, Amaranth. Are they yeah, human? Uh, I mean, where did they come from? Yeah. And and where did you get the name Amaranth? I mean, that's almost like American. I almost made the mistake of saying American. But I was like, there is no American. It's Amaranth. <laughs> yes, uh, uh, that's correct. Uh, I did that for a reason. Uh, Juniper Country essentially is about three different families. And uh, one of the families who settled this area in the 1870s and went into the cattle business were what I call Amaranth. They are uh, people that look human. They re- they're, they're humanoid. They resemble humans. Uh, however, if you examine them closely, you will find that they have characteristics that are not human Mm. Uh, and um, the reason why I introduced these kinds of characters in this one particular family was I wanted to add kind of a a little science fiction twist to the story so see uh, I I wouldn't label Juniper Country as science fiction Right. However, I did I did include the Amaranth people just as a twist that would uh, pique uh, the reader's interest a little more than if I just had uh, you know the kind of characters he's used to reading about. Mm. So I I came up with this uh, group of people called Amaranth, and it will uh, hopefully. Uh, Beg the reader to ask himself, who are these people and why are they in this story? Right. Wow. Wow. So did you find that the readers are either they like them, they're interested, or they're confused? Uh, you know, um, I found that uh, most of the readers tell me that they're, that they're quite fascinated with them. And mm. see, the Amaran people, like I said earlier, they're humanoid, and in society they can pass for humans. However, uh, when you get next to them, you will observe that, that for example, they have uh, oversized hands, 
they have oversized feet. Uh, the male amarins have a, it's a kind of a raised hump on their, their upper back. Uh, both the men and the women are, they're very strong. They have exceptionally uh, superhuman eyesight, but overall, in their appearance, they look human and can pass as humans in society. Wow. So I have found that the readers find them quite interesting, and uh, it's something I added to the story to just, you know, kind of come at you from an angle that you weren't expecting. Well, are they, are they in any other book that you have, or just this one? Yeah, and, and the, the four books I've published, The Amaran People, are in each one of the books. Oh, cool. And at, at, uh, at various stages of these stories, I reveal more about the nature of the Amaran people and where they came from. And without, you know, without giving anything away to possible future readers, I can tell you that I make revelations about the Amaran people in small doses. You know, I like uh, I like to keep the reader kind of wondering and guessing why these people are here, where they come from, and if they have any particular mission for being here. Mm. Mm. Okay, but so I deliver I deliver the answers to the reader's questions in small doses as the books progress. Okay, that was my question. Okay, 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 okay. So, what are those books about then? Well, uh. Uh, I've already told you what Juniper Country is about. Right. Uh, the first book I wrote, Juniper's Story, takes place in the year 1968 in the fictional town of Juniper, and it involves primarily high school kids and growing up in a small town in a ranching community. Okay. Uh, this book, Juniper Country, as we've already discussed, uh, describes the early settlement of this of this region. Mm -hmm. The third book is called Juniper Town and it takes place entirely in the 1950s and is about uh, some very interesting plots that occurred in this small town of Juniper in the 1950s and in this story because of that era I introduced uh, themes of UFOs and some some other typically 1950s themes like that. Hmm. And then the final book, Return to Juniper, takes place in modern times, uh, and it involves one of the characters from a previous book returning to Juniper after many years to find out uh, the answer to some old issues regarding his upbringing that uh, have caused him to want to try to find the answers to them. And in each one of these books, uh, there are some common characters. For example, the Amaran people are in each of the books. There mm -hmm. are some, some other characters that are in the, the other books that are in, in all four, but each one of the books has a different main character. So they're books that are connected to the others, however they stand on their own and have their own unique stories. Well, I mean, do you have to read them in sequence though? Like like some books you have to read like one, two, three, or can you just read? Yeah, you know, um, um, 
if I'm shopping for a book and I see there's an author who has written multiple books, I generally read them in the order in which the books were published. Gotcha. You know, I, I just figured that makes sense. Mm. Uh, but with a lot of authors, it really doesn't matter. In gotcha. my case, mm. I think if you read my first book first and read them in order, you might maybe get a little more satisfaction out of them. But in reality, not really necessary you know you can read the books in any order uh, and the stories stand on their own so either way i think would be fine okay all right cool cool this sounds like really really cool i mean you know if you had to describe your writing to someone what what would you, how would you do that how would you describe your writing because you you got kind of like these you know these period writings but then you have sci-fi but then you have this i mean so how would you describe your writing style well uh yeah uh, that's a good question uh because uh and that's observant because See, my writing is, I guess, is a little unusual. I believe in short sentences. I believe in using the active voice. And I believe in using small words. Mm -hmm. I think it's important that uh, the writer describes the scene in which the episode is, is occurring. I think it's very important that I make an extra effort to do that, to provide a full description of, say, a room or a street or a countryside. I think that's very important. But I believe in using small words that are the right words. Gotcha. And also regarding dialogue, uh, I've made a special effort to, to try to write dialogue the way people talk. You know, when people engage in conversation... It's not like they're on stage quoting Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. You know, they they speak in the vernacular of the times. Right. And they they don't necessarily speak in complete sentences. They don't necessarily use the right words. Mm -hmm. And my dialogue in my books tries to reflect the way people really speak in everyday life. And I don't think you see a lot of that elsewhere. Right. Wow. Well, you know, where can people get your books? Where can people read about you? Well, you can get them in, um, uh, you can buy these books on, uh, on Amazon, uh, amazonbooks.com. You can also buy them on the Barnes and Noble website. And they're also available in Kindle format. Nice, nice. Well, I want to thank you so much, Mr. Jameson, for being on the show, for bringing your unique perspective and, I mean, definitely for your unique writing style and everything that you've been doing. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Oh, hey, uh, it was my pleasure being uh, able to share some, some of my thoughts with you, and I, I appreciate it very much. Well, I appreciate it more than you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All and, right. 
No problem. Thank you. And guys, thank you so much for tuning in to Dream Chasers Radio. This has been a wonderful, wonderful interview. I am so excited to have had Mr. Pat Jamison on the show. You can get all of his information and the contact and how to purchase the book in the description box below. Just copy and paste the link into your browser and press go or enter. (laughs) Okay, guys. And until next time, don't forget to dare to be different. (laughs) 